Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Hello everyone and welcome back to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm your host Russell Hartman and joining me today is my good friend Mr. John Luke Shapiro. How you doing buddy? Oi, oi, oi. Let's go Rangers youngsters because the real team's not doing so well. How you doing Russ? I'm doing great, buddy. It's a good day. We're having a good day. The World Junior Championship is in full swing, and the Rangers' prospects have been putting on quite a show so far. Uh, you know, it's nice that we get this kind of break from the actual team, as you said, because, man, things have been pretty rough, huh? Oh, dude. You, <laughs> dude, you don't, you don't have to tell me, man. I, you know, I was there against Columbus, and it, it, it it's kind of like we're in a – it's like a perpetual cycle that never ends, you know. You, the, the last couple games I've gone to, and you can attest to this, you were there for one of them, you know, they they get the lead and they play phenomenal first couple of trades. And then they say, all right, well, cats in the bag, boys. We've got to get the stuff packing early, so we got to go. So they just said, all right, well, the other team just comes around and gets a couple of goals, and then they win it in overtime. So Yeah, that's been kind yeah, of the story. So, you know, I mean, it's like, it it is crazy. And I mean, I was at the game against the Coyotes a few weeks ago and they were winning three, nothing, and then gave up four straight goals. And of course, Derek Stepan gets the winner in overtime. And it's been that kind of, it's been that kind of stretch recently, but you know what? We're here. We're talking about the world juniors today. We're going to, we're going to talk about the boys in the second half of the show. We're going to dedicate the first half of the show day to the world junior championship currently going on in Vancouver and Victoria in Canada. And, uh, Four Rangers prospects for the tournament this time, Vitaly Kravtsov, Nico Gross, Keandre Miller, and Nils Lundqvist. We're going to go over each of them, each of their performances so far, and what to look forward to in the two games tonight. And tonight we have two big games. The United States is playing Kazakhstan, and the Czech Republic is playing Russia, which is going to be an awesome, awesome game to watch tonight, featuring the likes of Philip Zadino, Marty Nekash, uh, Martin Kaut going against Vitaly Kravtsov, Klim Kostin, and the skilled Russian forwards that are on that squad. So be sure to check that out tonight. Uh, so let's jump right in. Vitaly Kravtsov, we're going to hit the big boy first. Everyone's been looking on him. All the eyes are on him. Everyone has all these expectations for this kid now. Uh, people are praising the Rangers for this pick universally across the hockey world now. 
complete 180 from the reaction to this pick way back one in June, which seems like years ago at this point. Um, Kelly Kravtsov, in his first game with Russia, uh, he's wearing an A this tournament. He has a goal and an assist, two points, and he also had the game-winning goal. So I caught what I could of this game before I had to leave to go to work. JL, what have you seen from Vitaly Kravtsov in that one game? Uh, and I think he's just kind of continuing his strong play from the KHL. And now that he's getting to play against kids his age, his skill is going to come through even more. Well, before I begin, I'd I just like to say Vitaly Kravtsov with an A, like our friends over on the Chicklets like to say, not a big deal. Um, and... <laughs> You know, just from what I saw, I didn't get a chance to see all of the game. Uh, I was busy with other commitments as well, but I got a chance to take a look at a lot of, you know, I, I, I recorded it and I took a, a good glimpse of certain things uh, last night. And I just have to say that, you know, he scored the goal and he got an assist. And that assist that he got, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think, I don't know if it was the pass that he made on, on the goal that he scored or the assist. It might have been the goal that uh, he ended up scoring, but he made a nice play in the neutral zone to get the rush coming out of the neutral zone. And then just the whole night, he just looked like he was, you know, noticeable. And mind you, this is against uh, players who are about his age, maybe a little older, you know, amongst the you know realms of the junior ages and whatever. But obviously they gave this kid an A for a reason, and he just he just looks no. It, it's it's kind of like uh, I'm trying to find a good example to. I don't want to call him Pavel Burry now, but at least in this aspect here, when you saw him play back in the day, you knew where he was on the ice. I was getting a lot of that feeling as I was looking at some of the stuff at that game. I could just see him there. Like I, I had to figure out his number first, and I found out he was wearing 14. And once I saw that. I was like, wow, this kid's everywhere, you know? So when you see someone on the ice a lot, you know, they're doing well. And he just looks like he's active and engaged and he's got such good hands and the kid could skate. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see how he plays against the, you said Czech Republic, right? I just, I can't, I just, I can't can't wait. And you know, those Czechs, they're no joke. You know, that's probably the Czech Republic, those kids, they're not a joke at all. You know, they may not, you know, win everything every year, but those guys are fantastic. So I just, I'm, I'm eager to, you know, see what, what happens. But he looks solid. I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, and you know what I like too about the kid when he scored his goal against, um, God, who were they playing? Who were they? Who they played their last game against? I forget exactly who they, who they played now. But when he scored. You could tell, like he he acted like he he was he'd been there before, like he mm-hmm. was just like, yeah, I did it, I scored. What about it? And like, I feel like this kid just has this right attitude about him. He's approaching all these things really nicely, and like, it's it's clear the pressure isn't getting to him because you know you, you're being looked at as one of a, a, an extremely crucial piece of New York's rebuild, possibly the focal point. And it's just it seems the bigger the stage, the kid just embraces these these lights. So so you know. Good on him, and I hope his good run of play continues. We move on to a defenseman here, actually. The next three prospects we're going to discuss, all three of them are defensemen, besides Krabsov that the Rangers have at the World Juniors. And next is Nico Gross, who plays for Switzerland, and they played uh, against the Czech Republic in their first game at the World Juniors. Uh, I'm not, I forget who they played in their second game. I didn't see much of the second game. But in the first game against Russia, I noticed Nico was playing a lot against – I mean, first game against Czech Republic, I'm sorry. 
They played, he played a lot against the top line with uh, Nekash, Zadina, and Cow, and that is not an easy trio to contain. Uh, he had some crucial blocks, and it's, it says a lot from the coaches that they're willing to trust him out there in those kind of situations to stop a powerhouse line. Uh, JL, what have you seen from Gross so far? I know he's been, he was uh, a lower round pick. Uh, not many fans know too much about this kid, but it seems like he's being trusted in a lot of situations. Uh, man, this kid, I mean, he he looks good. He looks really good. I <laughs> He looks like he's very solid in his own zone in the sense that he can hold his own. I mean, uh, I think they were playing Switzerland the other day, and he made a stupid good block in his own zone. I, I If I'm correct, I think he lost his stick if I'm correct on that, but he just looks like he's, if he develops properly, this guy could be legit. He's just solid in his own zone. He, it seems like he moves the puck well. And honestly, I think out of all of the prospects outside of Kratzoff so far, I know it's too early to tell this kid looks like he might have a legitimate shot at the NHL sometime soon, because if there's something that this team needs, it's young defensemen, not only who are young, but they can move the puck well. And, you know, he was selected 101st overall in, in, in the last NHL entry draft, so no one expected him to make such a mark now. But, I mean, you know, for, you know, the, you know, the Swiss have somewhat of a decent history of trying out a halfway decent defenseman here or there, you know. So, you know, if anything, we'll get our fair share of the Swiss and this kid might, this, I'm telling you, I, I just, I really don't have much to say outside of the fact that this kid looks legit so far and he's a good skater to boot. So. Yeah, I think for sure. Like when someone's picked in the fourth round or in the hundreds, like the chances of them making the league go down quite a bit, but if this kid keeps it up and number one, he plays for the Oshawa generals for those that don't know in the OHL solid all round defenseman. I believe he wears a letter for them as well. Yes, he um, he's wearing an A at the World Junior Championships as well for uh, Team Switzerland. So lots of leaders so far uh, that the Rangers have in the World Junior. So obviously we hope Gross pans out as well because it just gives them yet another prospect to lean on as this rebuild continues. So uh, look for Gross. to. He is not playing today. I believe the next game is this weekend uh, when the Swiss play next. Moving on to another mm-hmm. prospect that everyone's just seemed to can't get their, his name out of everyone's mouths, and that is Keandre Miller of the U.S. National Development Program, uh, actually of the University of Wisconsin. I apologize. He has four goals and 13 assists for 17 points in 18 games for the University of Wisconsin uh, this season. Amazing, amazing player. Uh, pr- producing it at a, at a level people didn't think he would even hit yet. Some say maybe he could even challenge for a roster spot next year. I don't think that's true yet. I think we got to give him at least another year after this and see where he's at in uh, about two years. Um, He's playing amazing. He's playing great. And this kid is hopefully looking like the number one defenseman that the Rangers have not had since basically Brian Leach, someone who's dynamic with the puck, someone who's athletic, someone who can get the hit, someone who's not afraid to move around the ice. This is a kid who they have a lot of stock in, who they traded up to get, someone who that – um, the scouts and management had their eyes on for a while. Uh, so his first game with the United States in the World Junior Championship, uh, I don't believe he picked up a point, but man, did he look good. JL, you've been uh, researching Andre Miller for a while. Now you've been writing some stuff about him. You've been raving about this kid. 
What did you think of his performance in the United States' first game at the World Junior Championship? Okay, so going back to what I said about Kratzov, when you can tell a player is noticeable on the ice. And I was watching the United States-Slovakia game the other day, and I was taking a look at three players that I wanted to just see how they would do. One of them was, uh, you know, uh, Jack Hughes, of course, because, you know, we're all going to pay attention to him, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the second one was Oliver Wallstrom because I just wanted to see if the kid was going to really be legit. Now, obviously, I'm not going to make a determination after one game, but, you know, let's just say he didn't have the best of games. And the last player, obviously, is Keandre Miller. And I'll tell you, man, for a big kid, this guy can move, and I know we've said it before, I know we've seen highlights, but to actually sit down and watch a game as he's in action, the Rangers hit a home run on this pick, and let's just hope he pans out because, you know, I was watching, this is in his third period, and the score was only 2-1, and obviously I'm sure you probably know what I'm going to refer to, but he made a good read on on a play where he jumped in and his teammates saw him coming in towards the middle. His teammate was just under the dot to his right, and he came in right through the defense and made a, a shot on goal or some kind of offensive chance. And then to boot, the Slovaks were coming the other way, and this kid was wagoning it down the line and making the solid defensive play to where the, he broke up a legitimate scoring chance. And he was about a good two or three strides away from this guy, and he caught up to the puck carrier. If that doesn't scream out high-end elite talent, then I don't know what else is. This kid is he's, he's incredibly wild. athletic. Incredibly and athletic is the first thing you notice. No, absolutely. Yeah. And he's solid in his own zone. You know, it, you know, it's just he's a big body, and he's mobile. And he was doing a fantastic job at – just holding off the, you know, the Slovaks. And, you know, it's no, the Slovaks are no slouch either. All these, all these teams, they're no slouches whatsoever. You know, usually you expect fresh prospects to come in and maybe struggle just a little bit. But I'll tell you, man, looking at some of these guys that the Rangers had, including, including um, uh, you know, Miller, good grief. If everything comes out to the way it's supposed to be, they're going to be legit. So Miller looked fantastic. I thought he was great. I'm I'm on the bandwagon. Uh, Keandre Miller bandwagon. Choo choo. Can't wait to see what oh, I'm yeah. wear so I can oh, bring Jersey. Choo choo. I've you been know? on the Keandre Miller bandwagon since the draft. And as JL can tell you, and those that work with me on Fever Blue Shirts, whenever someone brings something up about him, I always have to say steal of the draft, which is exactly what he is. Okay. In capital he, letters. He was picked. Oh yeah, like. I think this is the kid who, if you remember a few years ago, the Boston Bruins got David Pasternak really low, about 25th overall. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be a prolific goal scorer like that, but what I mean by that is this is a guy who you get super late, like 22nd, and he could turn into, as I've heard uh, Steve Cornianos, who's a friend of the show, draft analyst, great guy, has said that Keandre Miller could possibly turn into the best skating defenseman in that draft, uh, best skating American defenseman in that draft. To get someone oh, like that, that 22, that's amazing. That's amazing um, that the Rangers were able to swing a deal and get someone like that to hopefully anchor their blue line in the future. So, I mean, there's a lot of faith in this kid now, too. And like JL said, if it works out, we have a number one defenseman and an elite offensive player to build around as this goes on. It can't get better than that. Last player mm-hmm. I want to bring up for the Rangers is a guy of a bit of smaller stature, 
but he's the third first-round pick that the Rangers had in the draft last June, and that is Nils Lundqvist, who plays defense for Sweden. Sweden's played two games so far at the World Juniors. He has one assist so far, but I'd like to focus on what Nils has been doing in Lulia this season in the SHL. As in, I believe he's still 18. Let me do it. Yeah, he, he's, he, he is yep, still 18. 18. He's not turning 19 until July. <laughs> so, wow. now to put this into perspective, Nils has already played a season in the SHL as a 17-year-old. I don't think, like, to put that into perspective here, that is arguably, the, you, you could say it's tied with Liga, possibly for the third best league in the world, Liga being the Finnish Hockey League and the SHL being the Sweden's Hockey League. And I say third because the KHL definitely has the second best league in the world on lockdown. But if you're a 17-year-old playing a defensive role, which defense is it's hard. Defensemen typically take a longer time to develop and it's a harder position to play. In a league full of men, you're doing something right. And this year as an 18-year-old, he has six points in 24 games. So he's already passed his point total uh, that he had in the previous year. He's 18, and he's playing a prominent role for a, top, for a top club in the Swedish Elite League. I mean, you can't ask for more from a prospect than that. And, I mean, he's doing a good job. He's playing a lot of minutes. And – I think that someone like that deserves to ha- be talked about more. We love to get wrapped up in Keandre Miller and Vitaly Kravtsov. Um, but Nils is kind of like the forgotten first that we drafted last year. And I think that this is a kid who's in a role that he's performing really well in. He's only a minus three. And, you know, t- still some people say, oh, the minus. But you have to remember how young he is and the position that he's in. And the fact that he has six points in 24 games as an 18-year-old in a top league playing defense is something incredibly, incredibly good here. JL, what have you seen of Nils, man? Like, and what do you think of this kid? Because I, I, as I said, I feel like not enough people talk about what he's doing. Well, with Nils, I, I, you know, that being said, with him not getting as much attention as Miller or Kratzoff, that means that I will pay more attention to him. Not that I wouldn't take any attention off the other guys, but I'll definitely keep – I'm keeping my eye out on him, really. That's kind of what I'm supposed to be doing for the blog. Um, but <laughs> just in general, if I, if I wasn't, I would still pay attention because, again, I may have said this before on the podcast, and anyone who knows me knows that I kind of have a thing for offensive defensemen. I bought a Kevin Shattenkirk jersey, for goodness sake, and I own a Brian Leach jersey as well. I'm trying to get a Keith Yandel one in the process. Don't judge me. But um, so – Looking at Nils so far, he's got that assist, and it just seems like he's I, – maybe this is just me, but from what I saw, it seems like he's very eager to get into the play. He's a solid skater. You can see he's a little uh, – you know, a little – you can see his age out there, but he just looks mature, you know. As you pointed out, you know, playing in an adult league, mind you. guy guy's doing pretty well for himself. Uh, I'm trying to – I looked up some stats here uh, – in the SHL in Lulea, if I'm correct, he played 24 games, and he put up, you know, six points. Only has a minus three with six penalty minutes. That's not bad over a 24-game span, you know. And then uh, previously he played for, I think they have a junior team, as I'm reading it right here. And he, you know, he put, um, you know, two points in four games. That's also not that bad as well. So at the end of the day, um, um, at the end of the day, it, it's like 
this kid has the potential to be solid. I have to look at it a little more because I was kind of shuffling around the players on Sweden a little bit. But all in all, the kid is solid on his skates. He looks decent in his own zone. Uh, maybe another game he'll, you know, look a little more noticeable. But, um, you know, he'll he, – this is definitely a kid that people have to take a look at because if he ends up turning out to be what potential is, then if you're looking at a future, you know, team of Kratzoff, Lundqvist, Nils Lundqvist, and Keandre Miller, two of those guys on the back end, along with Nico Gross, I mean – and then you add all the other – young Ranger defenseman that they have. I mean, this team is so primed to be awesome within the next couple of years of some of this guy. And I'm, I'm looking at the assist that he got, and I see him creeping up right on the dot. He looks like a forward coming in. And, you know, I think his, his teammate ended up netting the, 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 um, the puck into the back of the net. But this kid, I'm telling you, could be a real, real steal in the draft. For sure. And, I mean, when you have three first-round picks, you can afford to take a gamble with one of them. I mean, you use your first one on arguably the, the second most dynamic forward in the draft behind Andrei Svechnikov. I mean, yes, Andrei Svechnikov. I get him confused with his brother, Evgeny, sometimes. I apologize. <laughs> um, you, have, you use a second first-round pick on Keandre Miller, who is looking like an absolute stud. And use your third on this young offensive defenseman from Sweden who – when all said and done, could be another anchor of our blue line in just a few short years. Nico Gross as well. Look, fourth-round pick, if he produces and he even makes a third-pair defense on this team, then Gordy Clark and his team did an amazing job with their analysis there. So as the World Juniors continue on, uh, as I said, two games tonight, the United States is playing Kazakhstan, and the Czech Republic is playing Russia, which is sure to be an awesome game. So make sure you guys tune into that tonight. Um, now, moving to the big boys, the team that mm. has seemingly dropped that not, that nine one and one stretch was a long time ago, or so it feels like mm. at this point. Well, what is there to say? This Rangers team is looking like the Rangers team many of us thought they were going to be like in the beginning of the season. Injuries have started to take their toll. Guys are slowing down. Um, you know, it's just – it seems like the perfect storm in, in a bad way. Um, so where do – what do they do from here? Where do they go from here? You see what you have from within. You have your leaders step up and ask more accountability of this group. You have your leaders ask what's going on. You have your leaders – you know, maybe you need a team meeting. Maybe you just need guys to get their head on straight because even in a rebuilding season – when the team knows that it could kind of go this way, I'm sure it doesn't feel good for the guys to constantly be letting up these leads and losing in overtime or a shootout or anything like that. I mean, there is no captain, but they have a lot of leaders. And if I was Henrik Lundqvist, I would probably really have a stern talking to to this team to tell them that they really need to start getting things going. And even if that doesn't translate to a lot of wins, at least translate to like showing the heart that this team was showing in the beginning of the season. Well, to add to that, you know, let let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. They're not playing as bad as it seems for the most part. Okay? And I'll say and I'll, I'll explain I'll explain why I say that. Okay. This they they have this sort of inconsistent 
uh, effort that kind of is starting to get to them for the most part. Even during their 9-1-1 and stretch, they had instances where they would have inconsistencies throughout the period. Now, no, no, no this is a rebuilding team. They're not going to be perfect. And, you know, very rarely do you ever see a hockey team really play a strong, full 60-minute effort with no mistakes whatsoever, an impeccable effort. Because it's the National Hockey League. You're, you're bound to make some mistakes. Talent is all over the place. But there's a difference between playing well and then stopping and then playing playing well, stopping, and losing, and playing well, and then just losing, okay? I know Columbus is a good team, okay? I was there, and they are a good team. You know, just watching Artemi Panarin skate on the ice, I wanted to give him contract negotiations so he can just get here tomorrow. But obviously, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But, you know, you also look at games, the, the Arizona game, which, you know, you, we were both at, and then mm-hmm. you look at the game against Winnipeg, okay? Now, this team is not a bad team for the for the most part. They're not the worst, okay, because St. Louis, L.A., and Chicago have that wrap, okay? The Rangers are playing a lot better than we expected, and I'm almost positive no one expected for them to be at the point where they are right now. So that's a plus. But the problem that I'm seeing here is that they get too comfortable once they get a lead, okay? At the beginning of the game, when it's just, tied or something like that, they're engaged and they're playing the way you want them to play. Granted, they could still use a finisher, but they're playing well. You know, the eye test proves that. But then they were up 3-1 yesterday, if I'm correct, or they came back and they took a lead, 3-2, if I'm correct. Uh, I don't know why I'm forgetting I was there, for goodness sake. <laughs> they <laughs> no, damaged was three, they did so take bad, a I forgot. They did. Yeah, so they took, a, they took a 3-2 lead, and, you know, Unfortunately, they they actually almost had their break where things could have changed when um, Ryan Strom scored off of the Nemestikov feed in front of the net. I didn't think it was offsides. Apparently, even having your skate up and not on the blue line constitutes as offsides. I'm not a referee, but I just thought that was pretty stupid. But if that goal had counted, Rangers win the game. Maybe. Who knows? Because the way Columbus was starting to come at the Rangers, especially Brendan Smith, even then I'm starting to think maybe they would have blown it anyways. But the thing I see is that they get too lax and they, they try, now that this is in their head where they're starting to, you know, at the end of games where they're blowing leads, you can now start to see them starting to overcompensate. And sometimes your talent level doesn't exactly do well in that situation like Brendan Smith. I hate to talk bad about the guy, but the guy just looks lost out there, and he's one of the main culprits that is part of this. Another thing is that the Rangers don't seem to hold on to the puck very well after a certain point. You look at the overtime yesterday. The Blue Jackets had the puck the whole time. The overtime was only, what, 50 seconds long, if I'm correct? Yeah. So – so there, if Pierre-Luc Dubois comes in past, uh, I forgot who he moved past. It might have been Brady Shea or Kevin Hayes. I, 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 I it was, it was kind of hard to see who it was from my, my point of view because um, I was waiting for the Rangers to win the game. But then again, that's maybe asking too much. Whoever but, it was, um, was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. No, it wasn't bad. No, I yeah. agree. It was embarrassing because he just got walked over and left poor Hank yeah. out to dry. And Hank's, you know, and Hank was a little to blame yesterday. He let a soft one against Savard go in. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to do a recap of the game. It's just the point I'm trying to make is that 
they have these moments. Oh, and another instance where Hank wasn't so good, too, was um, in the Coyotes game where Oliver ekman Larson, great player, not taking anything away from him, but all he did was take a slap or a dot. It was a bouncing puck. Lundqvist should have had it. But anyways, it's, it's not an indictment on Henrik. But they get too comfortable is the point I'm trying to make. They get too comfortable and they lollygag. And what ends up happening is they lollygag, and then they end up making mistakes. And obviously, the team that makes the first mistake in overtime loses, and that's what ended up happening. So, yes, are they getting points? Yes. They're called loser points in my book, point, but still, they should have had wins all three of those games, Winnipeg, Phoenix, or Arizona, rather. Don't sue me. Arizona and uh, Columbus. They should have had wins all of those games. And they let it slip away. And I just want to point out, from those losers' points – if there were no losers points, the Rangers would have 30 points right now. They would be the worst team in the league, which yeah. is unreal to think about. But that kind of gives you some perspective of that this team is not there yet. Uh, there's more mm-hmm. of this team needs. But that is why we are in a rebuild season. That is why this, yeah. this team realized last year that they needed to make some changes, and that is exactly what they're doing. So mm-hmm. with a rebuild comes with decisions you have to make on players, on management, and in this case, one of the most polarizing players all season has been Kevin Hayes. He's currently riding an eight-game point streak where he has 15 points in those eight games, five goals and 10 assists. So what do we do? He's a UFA at the end of the season. This has been one of the most highly debated things I've seen on Rangers Twitter, on forums, on Almost anything you can get your hands on Rangers-related, there's someone debating about Kevin Hayes. Now, I know exactly where I stand on this because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this I, – I think this is going to be something similar to what happened with Matt Bolesky. Now, let's, mm. let's, start at the, let's start at the beginning of why I say that. Matt Bolesky, who is now toiling – with us, after a bunch of stops, Anaheim, Boston, different places where Mapoleski was, he was awarded a major deal after one of his big seasons with the Ducks. Okay, so let's put this in perspective. In 65 games in 2014-15, Mapoleski played, uh, I mean, yeah, 65 games. He had 22 goals. 10 assists for 32 points, so roughly half a point a game pace, okay? He was awarded by the Boston Bruins, a four-year deal, pretty expensive deal, uh, because of that season. So what does Matt Bolesky do after that? Well, his first season in Boston wasn't terrible. Played 80 games, had 15 goals, 22 assists for 37 points. It's not bad. It's not, it's not amazing, but it's not bad. Next season, he plays 49 games. Three goals, five assists, eight games. Not good. Next season, he only plays 14 games for Boston before getting traded to the Rangers, where he has zero, zero, and he's a minus eight. And in one game with the Rangers last year, didn't score. And then in his, and then in his four games with us this year, he has one goal. Now, yes, some of that has to do with injuries. But point being, he played 80 games for Boston, and he only put up 37 points. And it seemed in Boston, he was he just his skill kind of dropped off. Now, why do I relate Kevin Hayes to this? Well, 
because I think that what we're seeing now is a mirage. Now, a lot of people, feel free to disagree with me. Feel free to tweet at me and tweet at the blog and feel free to say my point is moot and that this is who Kevin Hayes is and that David Quinn has unlocked Kevin Hayes' potential. But we've seen Kevin Hayes for a long time now. We've seen what he can do. So, does it make sense to award a player who you know what he is, you know what he can do, you know what his ceiling is at this point in his career? He tops out at around 50 points, 40 to 50 points. He'll pot you about 20 goals, maybe 20 to 25 assists, roughly. Do you award someone like that a six, a potential 6.5 million dollar a year deal and maybe for seven years do you do that i think that's insanity to be willing to offer that to someone who's essentially a 50 point player now if you think back this is the kind of situation the rangers are in with ryan callahan ryan callahan had a had a bunch of very good seasons for us but the time was coming thankfully when they traded ryan callahan we got a hall of famer back and we had one of the best runs in our history. Now, from all this, I have to say I think Kevin Hayes does deserve to be traded. I think you need to strike while the iron is hot. And I think this team really needs to understand that Kevin Hayes is not a point-per-game player. Right now, he has 32 points in 36 games. If that continues, he's going to end up with something like 75 points this season. I don't think Kevin Hayes will hit that again. I don't think that this is, oh, suddenly Kevin Hayes has hit this amazing potential that he's had. Kevin Hayes has played with some nice line mates in the past. Kevin Hayes has had his opportunities in the past. Kevin Hayes has consistently been a top six forward for this team for a while now. Maybe David Quinn's system is helping him out a bit, sure. But I don't think that Kevin, this is who Kevin Hayes is. And if you look across the league, scoring is up everywhere this year. So what do you do if you're Jeff Gordon? You sell him to the highest bidder and you get what you can back for him. And looking back, because I have a comparison here, of course, Martin Hansel was traded about two years ago from the Arizona Coyotes to the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild gave up a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a conditional pick, and another minor league player. Such for, a bad trade. Yep. Oh, for <laughs> this guy, Martin Hansel, who at the time of the trade was 29 years old, had 26 points in 51 games, and had 117 goals and 196 assists in 600 games for the Coyotes. Okay? Kevin Hayes is 206 points in 346 games for the Rangers over the course of his career. If that is a package that a team could get for Martin Hansel. Imagine someone three years younger who's producing at a point per game pace who might not fit the direction of this rebuild and can go to a contender. I think it's a no brainer. I think that Jeff Gordon needs to call around. Apparently the three most rumored teams have been the jets, the avalanche and the Bruins. And you seriously need to say what they're going to offer you. 
My personal preference, as I've said on the site, I've written about it, I've told it to people, I've mentioned it a lot of times before. Kevin Hayes should go to the Winnipeg Jets, have a Paul Statsny-like effect like Paul Statsny had on them last year, and in return, I don't see why the Rangers can't get at least a first, a second, and one of their top prospects like Christian Veselainen back to further help the rebuild and have a dynamic winger added to the prospect pool. Well, JL, I've said my piece. What do you think? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there's certain points where I would potentially fundamentally disagree with you, but I kind of agree with you on the for the most part, but there's a little bit more of a caveat to uh, what I'm feeling. So obviously Kevin Hayes now has to all of a sudden start to make, my, make me feel bad about wanting to trade him off the bat because he's just obviously playing well. Now, the, I'm just going to say this here, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, argue with you, even if you want me to argue with you. I'm Hispanic, so it's easy. But um, um, I don't necessarily agree with the comparison to Matt Bolesky. I understand where you're coming from with it, but Bolesky was always kind of like the bottom-tier, lucky-scoring kind of guy because if you look at his numbers before, Boston, Boston was stupid. First of all, I think Peter Chiarelli was still around at the time, if I'm correct, when he offered him that contract. Why would you offer a guy who perpetually puts up close to around 20 or so of that kind of money? Do you think he was all of a sudden going to change when he went to Boston? But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, but you're really, not compar- really comparing him to Matt Bolesky isn't the fairest because I don't necessarily think Bolesky was seen as a high-end guy like Kevin Hayes was supposed to be. Okay, let me stop you there for just a second. Okay. (laughs) I agree with that. The point I was making with the Matt Bolesky comparison was not that they're the same type of player. I think Kevin Hayes is a vastly superior player to Matt Bolesky. I don't want anyone thinking Mm -hmm. that I'm comparing Kevin Hayes to Matt Bolesky in that sense. The comparison I was making is that don't give someone a crazy contract after they put a season together that they've never had before. And I think you can even agree with me on that one. Oh, no, absolutely. No, when you put it that way, no, absolutely. But the the thing with Hayes is, okay, so we obviously know that the two big players in the draft that could make the Rangers by far make it accelerate by far the arguably could be one of the best teams in the league down the line. Uh, are Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, which I am proud of myself for getting that right because I've been getting it wrong for the last couple of days. It's, it's a tongue well, twister. Well, you got it, so I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your candor. <laughs> but <laughs> um, So, you know, that's who I want on this team, as so do you. You know, I mean, you're right. You're ranting and raving about it every time when we talk about it, which is of fine. Of course, as, as everyone should want Jack Hughes. As everyone should. <laughs> of course. And just by looking at the way he plays uh, during this tournament, the kid's legit, okay? Oliver Wallstrom, not so much. And not trying to throw jabs, just saying. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so if I'm the Rangers, okay, you have to take a look at who they could potentially ship Kevin Hayes off to to maybe put them in a direction to get the first or second overall pick, okay? So... You're thinking L.A., St. Louis, Chicago, Colorado, because they have Ottawa. I think they they have um, Ottawa's 
first, or am I sticking they do. about They have Ottawa's first this year. Yep. They have Ottawa's first. Okay, so, you know, obviously Winnipeg would be pretty good, but their pick would more than likely be later on in the draft. Um, I'm Again, this I'm not opposed to trading Kevin Hayes at all, but it all depends on the, the way this team is trying to go in the direction that they want to go into. You want to find a way to get one of those guys, either Cap, Kako <laughs> or Jack Hughes, one of the two. You have to find a way to finagle your way through to try and get that. So ideally, if you want to trade Kevin Hayes, you trade him to the Avalanche. You get their first-round pick. You get a second from them, and you get a prospect from them as well. Therefore, you are in line to not only have a high-end pick, but if you or if Jeff Gordon is able to, he can leverage that pick and maybe a player or two and probably move up if that pick is not number one or number two. Because at the end of the day, you're looking for a guy who can make this team better off the bat, and those two can do it. Now, other than that, I'm not beat for trading Kevin Hayes. For the sole purpose, and not that I don't have faith in Gordon and company, but he's 27 years old. He looks good in this system. And you know teams know that the Rangers want to get a haul from him. Now, I know that some teams may offer King's ransom for him, but at the end of the day, you know, it seems like he's up in an upward trend. Now, obviously there's risk in maybe he signs that big contract and becomes a big giant loof like he was the last couple of seasons. But then again, you never know what's going to happen. That's the tricky thing about sports. I've come around to him a little bit over the last couple of months. I've always liked Kevin Hayes. I've just always been upset at maybe the potential lack of effort that he's given or just kind of seems like he hasn't really figured it out. You know, I mean, you can also say the same thing about Chris Kreider for the most part, but Chris Kreider's definitely done a lot more with different coaches than Kevin Hayes has. But anyways, if you're trying to trade Kevin Hayes, it has to be a deal where it sets you up to get the one or two pick or a pick that you can use to trade up with a player. Because if the this team has a solid foundation to boot and they're doing the right thing, why not take a chance and try and get a one or a two? If not, why don't you just keep them? He knows the system. He's familiar with the, the town. He's familiar with the players. And he's not the oldest, so it doesn't hurt to say, hey, might as keep the guy at a decent price, Okay. I know I'm probably contradicting myself with a lot of what I'm saying right now, but the Rangers have options here. You're not going to mm. give them a crazy contract, of course, and if you're not going to give them the crazy contract, try and trade for them to get the best value possible. But if it ends up coming out to where you can keep him for a decent deal, then you keep him because, you know what, he's shown me he could, you know, he could hang. <coughs> And maybe maybe put him with a couple of younger guys down the line, and you know he'll be able to hold up a little bit because it's not the worst problem to have, honestly. Yeah. So you've heard from my perspective. You heard from John Luke's perspective. This Kevin Hayes thing is not going to go away until either an extension happens or a trade happens. So we want to hear from you. What do you think? Tweet at us. Let us know. Are we crazy? Am I crazy? Is JL crazy? We're all crazy, but like. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you guys. Like, that's what keeps us going here. And I think it's important to note what you said about it should be about doing all we can to get the first and second overall or or, or, first or second overall pick. 
that's what will accelerate this rebuild. That is what will help us get to that contender status again. Now, Absolutely. if all the chips One fall right, fall. if all the chips fall right, and this team does somehow get the first overall pick, and you're looking at a line next year of Artemi Panarin, which would be amazing, centered by Jack Hughes, oh. and on Hughes's other side is Vitaly Kravtsov. Oh, don't do oh, this to me, man. Oh, oh, oh just think gracious. about that. Just think about that, everyone, oh. when you're thinking about how, you know, oh, we want the Rangers to win. I want the Rangers to win, too. But when you think about that, and you can have a line like that for the next about, with Panarin's age, um, a line like that could be dominant for the next, what, five, seven years, I would say. <laughs> And then once, Absolutely. and then you have Jack Hughes and Kravtsov with how young they are. By then, you'll have another hopefully really good forward prospect to put right there. You can put Booch with them. You can put whoever mm-hmm. you want with them, because that's probably going to be one of the best lines in the league for a long time if they ever got formed. But we're Absolutely. getting ahead of ourselves here. So can I make a quick we'll point before you move on? I want to just oh, say right something on. about getting getting a guy that could propel this franchise. And we said this in previous incarnations of the podcast. But I want to say this again, in terms of mm. trying to get the number one and number two, you know, for years, you know, I've said this before, the Rangers haven't had the guy where they can go, wow, he's good. You know, like, really, he's good. Like, wow, these guys are better getting him, like, with the Oilers, with McDavid. Obviously, the Penguins have Crosby. Tampa Bay has Stamkos. Even the Devils have Taylor Hall by luck. Not a big deal. Um um, who else? Um, you know, Ovechkin with the Capitals, Svechnikov potentially with the Hurricanes, you know, uh, Line A with the Jets, Matthews with the Leafs. You know, you look at you, Forsberg with the Predators, which George McPhee, eat your heart out. Um, so, so the Rangers haven't really had that guy, and hopefully Kratsov can be one of them. But a Hughes or a Kako. Yes, I'm saying that again, right? Yeah, um, you're correct. Would, would, would you know, would, it would do this franchise wonders because, you know, the, you, you, Henrik Lundqvist has been the face of this franchise for the last 10 or so years, and he's done a phenomenal job at it. But there's only only so much a goalie can do outside of his crease. And not to say that the Rangers have been inept, but it's just more of if the Rangers kind of had a guy who could be the guy for a long period of time, then things probably would have been a little different. Like if the Rangers would have had a guy like if the Rangers would have had Rick Nash in 2012, when they made that run, they would have won the Stanley cup that year. Mm. Honestly, that, they that's, would have. that's a very, that, that's a thing I've heard debated quite a bit too. Well, here's the, well, here's the thing though. Nash was still <clears throat> producing pretty well with Columbus, but if they had, if they were able to get him without having to sacrifice Binsky and Anisimov, and they would have kept that team intact, along with having Gabrick, I think they would have won the cup that year because the only thing that team couldn't do that year was score, as you probably remember. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes back to you know what I was saying, if they can find their way to finagle themselves into getting a guy like a Hughes or a Kako, then I think they'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, and look, I would love nothing more than for Lottery Day to get here 
and we see the Rangers pop up for number one, because that will mean for the first time in a long time, this franchise will have an elite number one center to really build the rebuild around, pair him with someone like Vitaly Kravtsov, sign a guy like Panarin in the offseason, trade Hayes and Zuccarello for some, a really nice package of prospects or NHL-ready guys who you know could come in and contribute. Imagine having a top six next year if you theoretically do trade Kevin Hayes for someone like a Christian Vasilainen. Imagine having a top six next year consisting of Hughes, Panarin, Kravtsov, Zabanajad, Kreider, and, like, Vasilainen. That's, inc- that's incredible. That is an incredible thing to imagine. And that, that, is the, that is the basis of a team that could win the Stanley Cup. You're starting mm-hmm. to see – if you have that, then you can start focusing more on the defensive side, letting them grow into their roles. And I would say at that point, within two to three years, this team will be right on their way to being a Stanley Cup contender again. And, a, and for a while at that, with all the young talent that they have. With that, enjoy the World Junior Championships. Enjoy watching Vitaly, Nico, Keandre, Nils. And, uh, oh, one last bit of news. I'm sorry, before we go, Leah Sanderson has been sent down to the AHL. Oh, boy. Uh, just a quick discussion on that before we leave. I, I think he should have stayed there. I think that, that burning the first year of his entry-level contract was not the best idea. We'll go into this more on the next show, of course. But um, I think this is good for him in general, as he will be their first-line center and play all the most important minutes uh, down there. JL, give us your closing thoughts on Leas before we leave. Um, he just – he really – he was – he just wasn't cutting it. Um, Bunyevez outplayed him. I'm I'm sorry, Boon. And and what you're trying to do is you're trying to develop him. You give him more minutes in the A. And honestly, at this point, I really think he should stay down there for the rest of the season and come back next year with more fire. I know the kid has fire in him, and he's still a solid player. Don't give up on him just yet. Bunyevez is outplaying him, so you might as well just put him down there, have him work out his flaws. You know, kid's got potential. Don't want to waste it. Yeah, he's not a bust by any means. I don't get people that have been saying that. Just let the kid play his game, and we'll, and it will mm-hmm. pay dividends for this organization in the future. JL, thanks for joining me today. Everybody, enjoy World mm-hmm. Juniors. Enjoy watching the prospects, and we'll see what happens with the Rangers as the All-Star break quickly approaches us, January 25th to the 26th in San Jose. We will talk to you guys again in two weeks, and then we will probably do maybe a special during the All-Star break where we'll try to get some guests on. Uh, Have a good week. Enjoy. And as always, let's go Rangers.
Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. 